Hi, this is Samian, the founder of Numbers Protocol, the venture providing full picture on NFT images to optimize value and trust. I'm on the Age of NFT, the podcast that gives you the full picture on all things exciting in the NFT space. Stay tuned. Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how Numbers Protocol is bringing true digital integrity to the masses. And what today's guest would buy if cost was no object. And how Facebook is already laying the foundation for its moves into the metaverse. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. And remember, NFTLA is coming March 28th to the 31st. It will be an unforgettable experience featuring the creme de la creme in the NFT space. Head on over to nftla.live to get your tickets as early as possible for the best pricing. VIP is already gone. There's really just a few GA tickets left. And hop onto our Discord to stay up to date on the latest via edgeofnft.com slash Discord. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Tammy Yang, the founder and CPO of Numbers Protocol, the leading platform that brings authenticity to digital content spaces. Tammy is a data scientist and a particle physicist PhD graduate from Manchester University. Before founding Numbers, she worked for Canonical Discovery and DT42, a software engineer, tech lead, AI developer, CEO, and founder. Numbers is building a decentralized photo network for creating community, value, and trust in digital media. Its Numbers protocol redefines digital visual media as assets and is the backbone of a suite of tools for registering and retrieving images and videos in the Numbers network. Tammy, wow, you're very impressive. And we won't talk about particle physics today, but that would Hold be a on. fun Who tangent we to go Hold on, we going to talk about particle physics? <laughs> very interesting. Maybe we go in there. Yeah. Let's talk about some, yeah. No, oh, totally. And let me say, Tammy, we are so excited to have you at NFTLA. I'm excited about your talk. It's one of the ones where I looked at the schedule and I'm like, wow, that's one I want to be at personally. So, you know, we'll let folks sort of learn more by going to NFTLA's site and schedule and, and hopefully they'll feel the same way. But but let's just get to know you and, and Numbers Protocol to kick things off. Man, this is a massive undertaking that you've chosen to... Uh, take on, but I guess with your background, that's not surprising. Tell us a little bit more about how this venture came to be. Yeah, sure. Thanks, everybody. I'm happy to be here. So I think we started this journey in 2019. And at that time, there was a lot of misinformation talking about that blockchain technology. That's where we started because we think that the Web3 technology could be the key to bring the traceability and the verification of the digital media. So yeah, so that's where we started. And can I ask like how this transition came sort of between, you know, your past career in particle physics and sort of getting into <laughs> this domain? You know, was it people that you knew? Was it an interest that you just kind of picked up or... Is there some inextricable linkage? Can you tell us about that transitional? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So Ashley of uh, Numbers is the second company I founded. The first company is the DC42 you just mentioned. And that was an AI company and focusing on providing the AGI. And as everyone knows, the field of AI models is data. So first, I while I was working in particle physics and I was working in the giant accelerator, didn't talk too much about it here, but basically <laughs> what I was trying to say is, so my work every day is just dealing with a lot of data. So I'm super familiar with data. And then when I was working for the AI companies then, and then there was a question pumped to my head. So where were these data come from? And why am I sure that I can use this data uh, to train the AI model who really owns the data and then who, who owns the model? So I think that questions comes in, into my mind and I can never find the answer because 
at that time, you know, I'm not sure if you have experience training the AI model, but the training the AI model is just basically like you have a lot of images, for example, and mm-hmm. there are people in the images. And I mean, you just feel weird. I mean, it's just like the question, like, have you ever asked these people, do they want to be part of the AI? Are these photos properly licensed? And where are these photos coming from? But sure. you will never be able to to trace that. Yeah, so that that's, I have a lot of kind of questions uh, when I was working in, in the area. And then as mentioned in, in 2019, and then we got the opportunity to found another company with numbers. And then that's why we like to address this issue, the traceability and the verification of the digital media. So the closest I came to training AI models was the class I took at Columbia University, PhD level advanced topics in theoretical (laughs) neuroscience. And I learned enough to know that the people that were focused on that knew a lot more than I did. (laughs) And that is, you know, it takes a lot of, I had to brush up a lot of my matrix calculus and, you know, it was impressive. It was impressive just to be among those people. So... So can you tell me a little bit more of the numbers vision and how that relates to the world of NFTs, where you're all headed with this? So the vision of numbers is that in the current Web2 world, every photo you saw online, they're just like a piece of object and leaning there. And then there is no history attached to that. And that, of course, leads to a lot of problems, such as the misinformation problem. One, of course, there are a lot of reasons behind. I don't mean that numbers alone will be able to solve that big problem. But one of the reasons of the misinformation is because the digital it's very challenging to trace the history of the digital media. So our vision is to use the Web3 technology because the nature of Web3 is open, transparent, and you have the open data set and everything is traceable. So our vision is to use the Web3 technology to build a photo network where uh, the images and video uh, has its own history and it has its own birth certificate and you will be able to trace that. And then linking that to the NFTs, so I'm sure you also know that recently there actually is not only what happened recently, but it has been a long problem that people just right-click and save any random photo and then sell it in the NFT marketplace. And then, for example, also there are a lot of like random logos and selling the NFT marketplaces without any permission of the companies or permission of the projects. And then these are, of course, are scans. But again, I think the key problem behind is because if there is no traceability of the digital media of these photos, and you won't be able to really know who owns these photos and wherever these photos coming from. And now how come you are sure that you can buy these NFTs? For example, like uh, verifying the contract is, of course, a very common way to verify the NFT you buy. But still, if we have to rely on like the centralized verification of the contract and we, we lose the, the meaning of the decentralized the technology. So I think for us, what the vision is to make the digital media traceable and verifiable. And then in that case, we believe that that will bring the new layer of trust to NFTs. And then people will be able to really find out more history and the authenticity of the NFT you're interested in. And also that's not just an authenticity problem. I mean, if you can you can find out the whole asset history, not just the token transfer history of the NFT you purchased, that could be something very interesting, I think. Yeah, for sure. And look, the whole concept of integrity within the digital sphere has been around a really long time, but has oftentimes it's been very difficult to execute. One, to actually provide that underlying integrity and two, to communicate it. And so how else are you guys working to make sure that things, one, have integrity, but also that it's easy for your users to understand that this is something authentic that they're looking at, that it's validated, that it has integrity? Right. I think this is a a very important, very good question. 
So I think we also spend a lot of time learning how to make things right. So we actually started from working with some of the news media projects. So for example, like in, in the end of 2020, we worked with the Stanford Stalling Lab and Reuters to create a project for archiving the 2020 US presidential election photos. So, I mean, at the beginning, I think we try to work with experienced people who has a lot of experience in this area and also people from the university, from the lab who has a long history of research of how to do it right. And then we add the good user experience design to the app. And then we learn also learn from the web two applications how to make the user experience good and simple. And then we learn from many different sources. And then in the end, that comes out to our current products. And then we'll try to provide a, a good tools for user, which is easy to use, but take a photo and then you will be able to have a native web photo. So that's the goal we're trying to achieve. Noble goal and a big vision, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive and something I'd like to learn more about. And, you know, I have a lot of a lot of folks in our network that are really into photography. And I think you're taking a really special approach to all of this in terms of what's possible. Let's talk about some of the latest happenings with numbers. I guess the numbers network actions is now live and enables a bunch of cool NFT capabilities that you alluded to earlier. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, thanks for asking. So network action is something super important numbers. The reason is, I think, so if you... So for the in the web two world, if you are a photographer and then you want to share a photo on Instagram and then also sell it the share stock at the same time, and you have to upload the photo twice because actually after uploading they exist on different servers. But that's the key difference between web two and web three because in web three you only need to upload once and then you will have a unique identity of your asset and then you own your own creation so that you will be able to use it in many different services. So that's why the network action is very important to us because for the users of Numbers Protocol, uh, they can take a photo using the app and then they can connect to many different photo services. And these services, we call them the network actions. So these services, including like listing to the NFT marketplace or some very simple actions such as printing it out, print a photocopy, real copy of your photo, or you can, for example, like keep it on the web three storage, permanent storage, just a lot of things you can do in the web three world. And all these photo services, we hope that you will be able to access it very easily through the network action functions. That's fascinating. And it's like, I don't know whether we'll get to this, but it seems like you'd save a bunch of space potentially you could almost have a test function when somebody goes to upload a photo and have a system say, hey, this is already on it. This is already in the system yeah. here. We don't need to upload yeah, this yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah, where yeah. you can find it, right? That's pretty yeah, awesome. Exactly, exactly. And I think the key point is not only to save some storage space, but also, I mean, if, for example, once your photo is uploaded to Instagram, and how many services you can use to actually depend on the decision of Instagram. But uh, in Web3, because you really own your creations, your copyright and uh, the ownership is well much better defined than in Web2. So that it allows us to create an open ecosystem. So that's very important. So these open e ecosystem allows you to use your own creation, these photos on different services. So I think that should be something very different and very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know you guys recently announced the uh, world's first Web3 search engine for NFTs. Can you tell us how you define a Web3 search engine and tell us about yours specifically? Yeah, um, sure. So the main product of Numbers Protocol are two, I would say. The first one is the app where you can take photos, the native weather photos, and connect it to many different ecosystem network actions. And then once you have the photo created, and then the second thing is to have a tool to explore it. So that's the NFT search engine. So the search engine we built currently is already have more than 20 million records and assets in the search engine. 
It's basically, I think you can imagine it just like a Google reverse image search, but specifically for NFTs. So if you go to like NFT scan or go to the OpenSea, what you will see is, for example, like how many tokens are minted by this contract. So that would be the information you can get there. But in the NFT search engine rebuild, what you can find is like the how many tokens are associated to this image. So this kind of information is special in this search engine we have. And back to your question, how we define the web search engine. I think so the web search engine we in the future we imagine, it should be something to give people the answer of what you are really looking for instead of something that the engine guess you are looking for. So for example, the technology actually allows us to do that because every asset has this unique ID in the web space. So like every image has this identity, not just the token, but image itself, it has this unique identity. So when you are looking for the token or are you, when you are looking for the information related to this image, we can give you exactly the results that you are looking for instead of like ask the engine to guess what you are looking for. So I think that should be something very different between Web 2 and Web 3 because if you allow the engine to guess what you are looking for and that gives some room to manipulate the results, yeah, you know, one thing I keep thinking, and I don't know that we really explicitly stated it or not covered it for too long, but the potential here is really fascinating, especially when we look at the concern that's been arising over the past, you know, say five to 10 years about like deep fakes, right? Or just like misinformation out there, you know, the, the landscape of media and communication is getting very cluttered. It's really hard to tell what's the truth, where things came from. You know, immediately when I think about this, I think about a future where media outlets, just for the very sake of wanting to be considered a reputable media outlet, will have to reference the original, say, video footage, NFT, that their footage came from, or photo, and so on and so forth. So even if it is a clip, right, a short clip of what somebody said that makes them look stupid or something, right, they can always go link back to the original footage very easily and say, okay, all right, here's the context if I wanted to find it. That's pretty powerful. I mean... Pretty is like an understatement. (laughs) I can give you one example. So there is a very interesting NFT you can find on our search engine. I can actually share the result with you later after the podcast. So it's very interesting. I think it's some game element because it's like a small potato and it was sleeping. So it's like a very interesting GIF. The interesting part of that NFT is because the search engine returns you the result of how many tokens are uh, linked to this image and also the contract and the, the owner and so on. So you can actually really see its history. So we found that in like, last, this starting from last September, and then there was the contract keeps minting, it's called a sleeping potato, keeps minting this potato. And then it keeps minting and minting and minting. And then there are uh, many NFTs created for that potato. And then you might think that, okay, this is a common, sometimes just the same image will be minted for multiple NFTs. That's actually pretty common. But starting from October, and then there's a start coming, there are some other contracts start minting for NFTs for the same image. And then not just one. So uh, you can probably find like four or five contracts in October and the minting NFTs for the same image. And then sometime later, and then it was even listed on foundation. And so it's become a mystery because every time it is minted and it's different contract. The reason why I'm trying to share this is because so if you uh, currently, if you go to OpenSea and then you see an NFT, and then what you can see is just the token history of that. But actually, I think Web3 technology allows you to know more because just like the example that's that sleeping potato, you can actually see the, the whole history of that, not just the history of one token, not just the history of one contract, but really the history associated to that image, particular mm-hmm. image. So 
uh, mapping that to the misinformation or the fake news problems, I think what could potentially could happen in the future is like every image, you will be able to trace the history of that. And you will be able to know like when it was firstly captured and then who created that and who maybe Photoshop it and then who uploaded to Instagram. So that's the future we would like to see that you can really trace the history of the photo and knowing what you were really reading and then have a better information to see the bigger picture of the event or the news and, and then know the full picture of that. Mm. Yeah, that's impressive. And to the listener out there, look out, we're going to be releasing a sleeping potato NFT collection here in about a month. No, just kidding. <laughs> I feel like sleeping potatoes would be like, you know, it would be fun, right? That community, right? Like there's something that's sleeping potatoes, right? Share with you later. Yeah, I think it's again. So check it out. It's, it's very, very cute. So sleeping yeah. potato. Yeah. Make sure you get the first collection though. Don't settle for less. Don't settle yeah. for any imitations on the sleeping potato. Exactly. So... Tammy, word on the street is that the whole the capture app is completely integrated now with numbers and everything. So anybody can use that and have all the full functionality of the network actions that we talked about before. Tell us a little bit about that and what's that uh, that user experience like now that it's fully integrated? Yeah. So basically, the way how we design it is we try to make it a very simple tool so that everybody can experience taking a native web uh, photos. So the user journey is just like any photo app. And then you press the camera button and then you can take a photo. And then it will collect information such as uh, the location. If you disclose the location or the time the photo was taken, and then it will register those to the blockchain and then to have an NFT, you can choose to make the NFT from the app. And if you want to use any network action, apply any network action, such as listing it in the marketplace. And then you can also choose the network action and then use it in the app for your photo. So that's basically the user journey of the Capture app. Nice. Yeah, we always talk about this on the show that an easy button, right, for, for <laughs> using these features is so important important for folks because in the scenes and even signing up for crypto wallets and all that stuff that you have to do with so many different companies and so many different services within the space, it's just difficult for people. So yeah. I got to think that this easy button that you're creating across the board is massively helpful with customer adoption and usability. So kudos. This yeah, sounds yeah. really amazing. And, you know, we can end a conversation about sort of the potential of a product like this without at least touching on the metaverse side, right? So maybe you could elaborate on what uh, numbers approach is to the metaverse and how you guys look at that part dimension. Yeah, so I think the since the vision of Numbers Protocol is to make the digital media traceable and verifiable. So we believe this is going to be something very important if we want to build a future healthy metaverse because we believe that without the protocol like numbers protocol and then there will be a lot of right click and safe images popping up in the metaverse and so i think that's how we connect numbers protocol and the metaverse because we believe it's something important to bridge the uh, current existing photo world to the metaverse where you really want to see the authentic content there yeah and this time in the nftla we will also showcase a very interesting feature i think so recently, we launched a, a metaverse, uh, we call it Numberverse, but anyway, just a space where you can browse some very nice creations, uh, just a virtual exhibition area. So this time in the NFTLA, we will bring the headset where people can view that virtual world. And then if you use the capture app and take a photo and use the network action to submit it to the metaverse, and it will just immediately send to the metaverse. If the internet works, we're a bit worried about because there will be a lot of people there. So the internet connection might be not as ideal as we expect, but as long as the, the internet works well, and then in principle, you will be able to experience that, take a photo, and then it can appear in the metaverse with all its integrity records. Yeah, if you try to imagine, you know, 
the internet flowing to 2,500 to 3,500 people at the same time, it does, look, <laughs> does seem like a little bit of a intense visualization. I'd like to see the particle physics behind the scenes going on there. We're almost wrapped up with the regular part of the interview here, but a couple more questions. One, just what kind of ecosystem partners are you guys working with now or coming down the pipeline? Anything interesting you could share? Yeah, sure. I think we partner with a lot of news media previously. And then also we work on some of the very good news media archive with different partners. And then during the last whole year, I think we, uh, because we see there is something in the NFT space where we can really help. So we start working with uh, NFT marketplaces, such as the biggest NFT marketplaces in Avalanche, the NFT trade. And also we work with uh, the like NFT marketplaces like the Feature by Binance or the other, just several others. So yeah, so NFT marketplace is the main partners that we're currently working with. Makes sense. And you know, one of the things that we always like to ask folks is about your inspirations outside of what we've talked about today. Like what gets you inspired around the world of NFTs in particular companies or ideas, concepts that you see in our near future? Yeah, I think it's just the starting of NFT. So I do see a lot of very interesting scenario of NFTs. So for example, like recently, a friend of mine was trying to get an NFT, which I think is very interesting. So basically, it's a shoe NFT. And if you get that, and they will send you, and then keep holding that NFT, and then every three months, you can get a new shoe. And then after, I think after getting five shoes, and you are forced to sell it or require it, Otherwise, you will stop receiving the shoe, something like that. So basically, it's like leveraging NFT and then make like shoe as a service, I would say. Yeah, so I think because NFT is just a very interesting media and a lot of people just love it. So there are a lot of many interesting ideas around it, such as this like like shoe NFT. And then I think, yeah, there are really a lot of very interesting ideas recently. We interrupt the Edge of NFT podcast to reveal one of the best kept secrets in the NFT space right now, the Koi Network. If you are a creator or a builder or an investor in groundbreaking projects, you need to dive into Koi ASAP. Why? Imagine a new internet where each time your posts get viewed on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, you earn rewards. Koi's revolutionary decentralized infrastructure scales this new internet to the whole globe, transforming attention into an asset and every creator into an earner, all without the expensive high-energy usage of old-school blockchains. Here is the best way to learn more and earn more by becoming a founding member of the growing Koi community. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Koi. That's edgeofnft.com slash K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can publish your first Koi NFTs for free and start earning Koi today. The new internet is coming. Don't you want to be valued on it? I love that you're not just in all these concepts, whether it's the, was it sleeping? What was it again? The potato, (laughs) (laughs) sleeping potato, like all these, you know, they're very specific. And I appreciate that. It's not just the obvious, you know, like big players in the space. It's really interesting and very cool. So many good things happening with numbers. And we really appreciate you sharing a good amount of that with us. I know all of our listeners are going to be really excited to dive in on their own and even learn a little bit more. But for right now, what we'd like to do is to transition to our next segment where we can ask you some questions and get your personal thoughts on some of these things. It's basically a quick way to get to know you a little bit better. There's 10 questions. We're looking for short, single word or or few word responses, but maybe we'll follow up here or there to go a little deeper. You ready to dive in? Yeah, I try my best. A little bit nervous. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Question number one. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Coke. Coke. We'll clarify. Everybody's benefit. Coca Cola, the drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a kiss. Sure. Awesome. Wasn't math, right? It wasn't a lot of things. Yeah, we're good. We're good. (laughs) Question number two: What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Our token. Oh wow! Awesome. That's an amazing first sale. I would say. Question (laughs) number three: What is the most recent thing you purchased? Coke again. 
All right. We got a theme going. Let me see if we follow it. Question number four. What is the most recent thing you sold? We're talking again. Hey, (laughs) we're doing it, guys. This is amazing. Okay. Love the symmetry here. Question number five. What is your most prized possession? I was looking at this question, but yeah, I really cannot think about any. Yeah. Can you share yours for me? Yeah, sure. Ethan, what was the one that you just gave when we did your... So, prized possession? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I said like it was kind of just my personal experience, my life, my memories, yes. all that stuff. That's We've had was, people yes. talk. I mean, people usually say they're, they sort of stay their family, but then they go, okay, well, it's not my possession. And they go to something like, you know, I don't know, it could be some cool comic book they collected when they were a kid or, you know, yeah. their phone or something like that. Yeah. Right. It's something that they almost can't live without or they really love and have a special memory around. Yeah, I would like to say physics, but uh, I'm not sure if that's a good answer. Yeah, Your knowledge of physics? I think most certainly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. It's accumulated and processed some probably incredible knowledge at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take that. That's for sure. Okay, question six. If you could buy anything in the world, something digital, physical, service, and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be? I would like to buy island. Yeah. If I'm allowed to buy iron and then also rich enough to buy iron. <laughs> One of the things I find fascinating, because we do, you know, we ask these questions of every single guest. I think you're our official 119th guest on the show. And there isn't this consistent theme around all these massively influential, very, very smart people changing the world around, I think, buying an island or a large piece of land somewhere. And I'm curious about that. And we got we to dig a little bit deeper, Ethan, I think, around some of these themes that we've seen across the answers. So, Well, I have this island in Argentina I have my eye on. I'm willing to split it with someone if, if, we, if you want to go in on it, Tammy. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Okay, let's shift gears just a little bit. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? That this is a hard smile. Just bringing happiness? All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. I bet optimism, happiness, yes. That energy sometimes is in short supply. I, I think that's nice. Question number eight. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Calm. I think sometimes I'm a bit, a bit too calm. Too calm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah got to get so yeah yeah right okay no that's fine that's fine yeah so getting fired up a little bit more pumped about something to get things going i got it okay we'll take it thank you question number nine a little easier okay what did you do just before joining us on the podcast trying to drink some coke but because i was really sleepy (laughs) we do i know so as we're pushing one uh is it 1 a.m now uh, over there. So yeah, well, we appreciate it. And that Coke theme is coming through here. Brought to you and... by our sponsor. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I think you and yeah. Warren Buffett are going to get along quite nicely. <laughs> yes, yes. Coke is central. Okay, easy one. Last one. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Yeah, definitely sleep. Okay, there it is. All right, well, that's Edge Quick Hitters. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. We do appreciate it. And I think we have a few hot topics to cover as well. With almost $25 billion in sales in 2021, there's no denying the NFT market is on fire. But what many investors don't realize is demand has skyrocketed for another asset, thanks in part to this NFT boom. The asset I'm talking about is multi-million dollar blue chip art. And it's been so hot, A Banksy offering on the Masterworks platform recently sold for $7.4 million. And what's even more incredible is, all shares of this Banksy offering sold out in just three hours. According to Masterworks, similar works by Banksy saw a price appreciation of 19.9% from 2007 to 2020, outpacing the S&P 500 by nearly a factor of two over the same time period. And Masterworks investors recently saw a 32% annualized appreciation net of fees from the sale of another Banksy painting called Mona Lisa. To discover how to buy into similar offerings by Banksy, Picasso, and Monet for a fraction of the cost of the entire painting, visit edgeofnft.com slash masterworks. That's edgeofnft.com slash masterworks. For important disclosures, visit masterworks.io slash disclaimer. 
Yeah, hot topic sounds good. But on that note of Tammy going to sleep, it is quite late there. We were contemplating just ending the episode whenever she passed out, you know, just with a quiet, (laughs) calm ending. Oh, she's out. All right, end of podcast episode. All right, yeah, hot topics. Let's have a little fun with this. I'll give us uh, the context here. So NFTs will be on Instagram soon, according to Mark Zuckerberg. All right, Zuck, sounds interesting. Let's see what you got. So over the next several months, the ability to bring some of your NFTs in, hopefully over time, to be able to mint things within that environment. There have been rumblings that this was coming last year. Instagram lead Adam Masseri said the team was actively exploring NFTs, but didn't have any actual announcements. In January, we heard a report that teams at Facebook and Instagram were working on NFT integrations. You know, of course, we saw the big, you know, here's our metaverse rollout with Mark Zuckerberg kind of mentioning NFTs and kind of changing the name to Meta and all this stuff. I feel like, especially in our world, where it's a little bit more Web3 focused, we have a a few, more than a few Facebook, I don't want to say haters, I don't know. Instagram sometimes gets kept separately from Facebook too, though. Like people have empathy for, they're willing to use Instagram, but not Facebook. Yeah. First of all, Tammy, I'd love to hear, do you have any strong opinions just about NFTs in Facebook or Metaverse in Facebook and sort of, and Instagram, of course, anything on that side of things? Yeah, I think I'm quite happy to see how it will go because personally, I think, yeah, just my personal opinion, I just don't think NFTs or Web3 elements will work on the Web2 social media. So I will be quite surprised if in the end it works very well. So I'm, I'm not saying any like negative I mean, I'm just curious about whether or not it will work. Yeah. 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 It was, I think Josh and I were talking to somebody. I remember the place, but I remember the guy's name. He owned a meta, like trademark usage or something, right? So he's like Mm -hmm. one of these people that Facebook's going to just steamrolling over and saying, we're going to use meta, sue us, whatever. We'll take care of it that way. But he was pointing out this very interesting perspective that like, it's so funny to have like a centralized approach to the web three experience you know it just doesn't fit and even though you think you want to make it that way it's just that's just they don't go together so yeah i think i mean entity you can say it is a technology so everybody can use that but i think what's more important and why people are crazy about it is the concept of the decentralization so and then also the concept that it's open and you will be able to owning a piece of that creation but i mean for example like if so now when you upload a photo to facebook and then so no matter they want to admit or, or not but still they have to keep be responsible for that data and then also they also own part of that data and they get to decide uh, what they want to do with that data so all these ideas are a bit against of the workflow concept so yeah I'm, I'm really curious if how they are going to integrate that whether they just use it as a technology and that would be boring but if they have some very interesting maybe they have some very interesting ideas to use that, but as currently, I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, I think all things that I talk about with Facebook, I think it'll be interesting, an interesting experiment and par for the course with what they're trying to do with Meta. You can't have Meta without NFTs. It's the foundation, right? So you don't see where it goes. I think we'll see some probably decent amount of iteration once they start doing this. Yeah. All right. Should we hit the next one? Let's do it. All right. Perfect. So in this case, we're looking at Sequoia Capital potentially seeing a weakness in OpenSea's NFT dominance. We all kind of know OpenSea is kind of the Google Chrome of non-fungible tokens, but some top ventured capitalists are hoping it turns out to be more like Netscape, you know, kind of just the 1.0 of this whole thing. You know, the keys to owning digital assets most frequently do so on OpenSea, has 43% of the market with 23.3 billion in total sales, according to analysts of data research firm DAP Radar. But, you know, you're seeing these interesting competitors come in the game. You know, we've seen uh, Looks Rare, right? And they're able to pull a very interesting kind of stealth attack by offering special credit and tokens to people who specifically had had higher activity on OpenSea trading and things like that. And so you can see now there's some people who are investing in other types of projects very specifically to try to, to be 
the beyond Netscape, right? To be the sort of Google of the, of the next segment. Well, whether, whether OpenSea becomes Netscape or not, it depends a lot on OpenSea, right? Like they have to get out, they have to execute, they have to iterate, they have to evolve. They have to be responsive to market needs and become a continual better service really for their customers, right? If they can do that, I think there's a, a place for them in the long term within that space and beyond. I mean, we were just talking about Facebook. Facebook, what when it launched in 2004, is infinitely different than what it is today. And it would have gone the way of MySpace if it hadn't evolved, right? So it's really up to OpenSea, I think. Now, is there room for more people, other companies to come in and carve out a part of the market? Most definitely, we know that. There's typically many, many players within any given technology vertical Right. I mean, even search, of course, Google was you know, massively dominant right now, but people do use Bing if they're on Safari and they do search as a default, you know, search approach there and, and other, you know, search possibilities are out there that people do use. It's rare that you see that much dominance, right, in a particular category. So, yeah, I think competition's coming. It's up to open see how relevant they are going to remain. In my view, it's really on their shoulders. And it looks like the specific fundraising is that's coming in from Sequoia Capital is going to Magic Eden, which is uh, an interesting already existing marketplace that, you know, is focused on a specific subset of NFTs, but they've certainly convinced Sequoia and some other big investors that they're the ones that might be able to take on what's missing in OpenSea. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, Tiffany from Magic Eden on the show. You know, we met her at Eat Denver, and I know she'll also be at NFTLA. It's very impressive what they've been able to do and how community-centered they are. And we've seen time and time again that the world of Web3 is the world of, of real, genuine, authentic community. And I think when you look at OpenSea, they have a handicap based on sort of their genesis before this massive community movement started by no fault of their own. So I think it's now the onus is on them to prove how community-centric they really are. Should we hit the last hot topic, guys? I think we should. Let's do it. All right. Crypto Unicorns closes $26 million token sale ahead of NFT game launch. This is a a leading non-fungible token collection on the Polygon blockchain, completed a $26 million token sale that included purchases from TCG and back in DC. Sale comes as Crypto Unicorns prepares to launch a web-based play-to-earn game later this month. Yeah, wow. Play-to-earn is getting bigger and bigger and people want to get in on it, get a piece of it. And interestingly, you know, it's about getting a piece of it, but maybe it's about giving a piece of it too. You know, play-to-earn seems to be a movement that is also driven by some interesting do-good sort of initiatives, right? Of, of folks that want to bring, that create a larger economy in which anybody on the globe can enter and sort of get a different level of access than they might have typically gotten in our current or sort of previous economy. It's a fascinating world. Tammy, are you playing any, playing Axie Infinity or anything like that? What do you think? You got time for that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't have time for that. But my colleague plays a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Her job is just to play and buy NFT. So I, I think that's a very good job. So yeah, because we need to get to know what's really happening. And so, yeah, and, and then we are super busy. So we set up a task for one of our colleague. And so her job is just play to earn and then also buy NFT and then find what's new in the NFT space and what's the coolest NFT recently. And that's her job. Yeah, I think like we've talked about in a number of fronts, even with a market that isn't, uh, you know, from an investment perspective or overall value perspective, isn't like really pumping right now. There's so many things happening. This is a time where people are building across the board. There's lots of momentum across a variety of fronts. The dollars coming into the space, this is an indication of that. The energy going into the space, the people focused actually on putting their time and effort into these companies. And also just the the optimism, right? We don't feel like there's this big question mark as to whether or not the things that are happening now are going to be impactful here in the future are going to have a sustainable impact. That, that feels like there's not a question about that. It's, it's almost a given at this point. In all of those things, all these things that we're seeing and talking about, these are all indicators that good things are happening right now. And we have many, many more good things to come. So I just see this as another amazing signal of what's happening in the world right now. 
Yeah, definitely. So I think around like two or like six weeks ago. So when the market start showing a bit bearish, so we start see, and also the uh and the heat in the NFT space is a little bit calm and. At that time, and then we start getting a lot of requests from the NFT marketplaces saying that they would like to need us to support the, their NFTs and help them to stand their NFT marketplaces and then also have their NFTs supported on the search engine and so on. And then they start pushing us to have a due date and then uh, they, they want to see that to be integrated by some time. Um, so I think, yeah, so when the market is super hot and then no one really care about the authenticity of the NFT, even the fake NFT, I guess there will be people buying and then don't care because the market is just super hot. But yeah, when the market is not as hot as previously and then we start really seeing that a lot of NFT marketplaces come into us and they want to integrate it, a numbers protocol and then seeing showing more authenticity to their users. I think that's really, really a good sign because if NFT is going to mainstream, so currently I know that a lot of decentralized marketplaces will say this is a web three. So well you have to be responsible for your own behavior and you own your own data, you own your wallet, so you have to be careful and don't buy scam. So that's a lot of marketplaces will say that. But yeah, I think in the future, if NFT is really going to mainstream and these kind of fake NFTs problem has to be solved. And yeah, I just saw that when the market is a big count and then a lot of projects really spend a lot of efforts and building and creating better user experience to the users. That's where it starts, right? If you can do that, good things happen. So you're at the the leading edge, at the tip of the spear, as we say sometimes. Well, yeah, really appreciate that. And Ethan, I think, you know, we we do have uh, some shout outs, don't we, for some of our amazing followers? Yeah, I picked someone fun for today. And it is like recently as we've got to interact a little bit more with the community to see how people emerge and sort of take a role and, and sort of show themselves as an interesting and interested party here. This is someone I think we've mentioned a couple of times, but I want to give him a specific shout out. His name is actually, it's Tony W on Discord. And Josh probably actually knows this guy in person best, Tony Wild. And uh, this is the guy that's in charge of Hot Sauce Pepper Party which is a very interesting project where you can basically create your own hot sauce and mint an NFT that defines that type of hot sauce, you know, with your own special elixir. And not only is he the creator of that fun project, he donated some hot sauce to our, when we went on the lobster and beer show <laughs> so that Josh could have some fun. What was it? Black garlic hot sauce? On your- yeah, yeah. So I just used that hot sauce yesterday. It is so good. <laughs> And it has a mild flavor, but it's got just the right amount of like garlic in it. Oh man, that thing goes on everything good. And like, I'm not even the hot sauce addict. That's Jeff. Jeff, I have some of Tony's hot sauces waiting for you when you get to LA, by the way. Awesome. Can't wait to try it. That's very cool. You know, and I also just want to shout about, because it's not just as he has this cool project, you know, he's such a great community member. He bought a spirit seed, right? So he's got his VIP pass to NFTLA and he's a member of that community. And if you're an artist, he's in the Discord. He's rented some space in LA during NFTLA. And so he's actually willing to show some artist work in the space that he's rented to kind of have some people hanging out. So find Tony W in Discord if you are an artist and you think he might be interested in showing some of your art in this gallery space he rented. I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun meeting him and, and engaging with him. He's a really good guy. That's our shout out. That's amazing. And have, have we got some feedback from folks that we've given our shout outs to uh, in Discord? Folks been able to jump in and, and, yeah. and revel in it? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, awesome. totally. You know, I think it's really fun. It's it's hard for us to like see, imagine what it's like. It's just kind of like a listener, right? Who only knows us from this sort of far off voices in their headphones kind of scenario. And so it's, you know, I've definitely people say, oh, I've never gotten a shout out before. This is pretty cool. And it's kind of fun. Sometimes they give people a heads up. Oh, hey, we just recorded an episode. Look out in a week. Sometimes they don't even know and they hear the episode. Like, hey, that's me, right? So I think people are having a lot of fun with it. And of course, we talk about community so much here. And it's like I said, it's great to actually just have a little bit more awareness around who the community is and bring them into the fold here. Loving it. That's awesome. 
Well, this is so cool. It's been so much fun, Tammy. So great having you here on the show with us. Looking forward to spending time out in LA as well here in a couple of weeks. I wanted to ask you, for all the listeners that, that haven't jumped in on the numbers train yet, where can they go to follow you and, and the amazing things that you're doing in the project? I think the easiest way to find us is to visit our website, numbersprotocol.io, or search numbers protocol, you should be able to find that. And if you would like to experience our AMT search engine and then maybe check out like how many tokens are associated to your assets, or your image, and then maybe you will find that your NFT actually be maintained for other tokens. If you want to experience that, you can try the NFT search engine. You can either visit nftsearch.site or you simply just Google NFT search engine. I think you should be able to find that. Amazing. That's great. So guys, check out Numbers Protocol. You'll be amazed. So cool. I think we're also going to be doing a little giveaway for our listeners. I don't know, Tammy, if you had any details you can share with us about what we're going to do there. But normally what we do is is we'll announce the details on our socials hereafter as people can keep an eye out. And then we'll, uh, we'll run a little contest to get them some goodies. What could you share with us? Yeah, sure. So any details that you'd like to share, Tammy? Yeah, I think there will be giveaway of the so it's a cute Robbie NFT. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, they're very cute. Also there will be a giveaway right. of the numbers. So num tokens, yeah, amazing. And the NFT. Keep an eye on our socials, guys. It'll be it'll be a fun giveaway, a little contest for every so again, keep an eye out for that. Okay. Well, I think we've reached our limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now or rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And remember, we always invite you to co-create and build with us at Edge of NFT. We're unlocking a whole new way to connect and collaborate with us through our event, NFT LA, a -a one-of-a-kind, immersive, unforgettable experience at LA Live in Los Angeles, March 28th to the 31st. Check it out at nftla.live and move quick on tickets as VIP are gone. And I think we just have a few general admission remaining. So be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. And thank you so much for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.